Here I go again Same old boss, same old friend It's just my place for security Place I call friends like you and me Here I go again Hello everybody, welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show podcast. We are here recording live at the Full Circle Book Co-op in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls, the best little city in America, at 123 West 10th Street, right off the strip uh, between Phillips and Maine and the good people here at Full Circle Book Co-op, your conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookstore and cafe are kind enough to let us be here each and every Tuesday night where we record the podcast. And uh, we've got kind of an odd, this is, I don't, is this, I don't know if I, I want to characterize this as odd, or like innovative or groundbreaking or, or what we're going to do here, because this is going to be a, not, not just the beginning, but the, the, the audience here at uh, Full Circle, they're going with odd. <laughs> they're, they're going with odd. But uh, our, in our first segment, because this is a segmented show, also a sponsored program, as you know, uh, sponsored as always by Northview Bait and Tackle, your home for bait, live bait, dead tackle, propane, propane accessories, storage, and high-end dog and cat food, not to mention U-Haul. I left U-Haul out of there. Good people at Northview Bait and Tackle on North Guanas Avenue, just off Russell. Uh, but I'm very happy to have back on the program for what may be a regular occurrence here on the Patrick Lally Show, Scott Hudson. Wow. I get cheers and everything. Yeah, and it's uh, Scott Hudson via, on, on public radio or what have you, they say, coming to us via Skype. Screw Skype. I'd probably going to get me sued. We're coming to you via Zoom. Uh, we've got uh, Scott piping in from Parts Unknown in uh, Bucolic, Southeast Sioux Falls. Scott, thanks for being here. I have a term for what you could call this. It is? Cluster. <laughs> <laughs> I, already, I already used that once tonight. Uh, and then the other part that goes with that several times. No, we're, we're up and running here. Um, we're going to see how this goes uh, with Scott. Um, you know, probably have him on on a regular basis because uh, last time you were on, Scott, uh, very popular, bringing back the discussion of uh, people who should get out of town. Yeah, it didn't go well, though. It didn't? <laughs> I was, the audience didn't like my choice. Well, that's part, of the, that's part of the charm, right? I'm used to doing these things like uh, either in printed form or in a radio station surrounded by eight other radio stations with yeah, where you don't have to actually uh, look the audience eye to eye, which yeah. is one of the reasons you're coming to us via Zoom, uh, <laughs> so you don't have to see them. Uh, you do kind of see them. Uh, this is a podcast, so people won't see the video, although I suppose we could, you know, post it on Facebook or something. No, but, uh, no, 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 there's no, there's no point in, in pushing our luck. No, no. Um, I am joined by some friends. Have you noticed? Uh, I see that. Tommy Stinson, Paul Westerberg. Bob Stinson, Chris Barnes right behind me here. Yeah. You're the only person I know who has replacements cutout dolls. Yeah, aren't they what? great? Yeah, those are awesome. Where did you get those? They came with the promo for the live album thing that came out a couple years ago. Ah. Uh, so so last I, pull, I pull them around my turntable when I'm playing records. Ah, yeah. So, you, so you're not quite so lonely. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, man, no. That's so, but you also have... Uh, Looks like you've got uh, Abbey Road there. and uh, Yes, the latest box sets of the replacements, Ramones, 
Abbey Road. Got the new Liz Fair book. It's right there. And yeah, Ian Rigby. Married to Reckless Eric. Oh, yeah. Cool. Great songwriter. So this is a, this is your sort of, uh, you know, if you're talking to a reporter like on uh, CNN and stuff, you know, they'd be sitting in the New York Times newsroom or whatever. This is you sitting in your studio. Yeah, well, no, I'm actually in, in the dining room because everybody has their music library in their dining room. Well, why not? I mean, that's, that's other, other than that, it's a waste of space. Exactly. Nobody eats in a dining room for the love of God. Exactly. Um, but you're on, so, hey, I do want to talk to you about this. Last week we talked about the replacements record. Uh, we talked, or last time you are on, it came out and it's pretty cool. I've listened to it. It's pretty nice. But I, what I really want to talk to you about is a new Wilco record. So uh, I've listened to it now three times. Um, and my first reaction was uh, the songs are uh, very similar and it kind of sounds like a lot of what he's done lately. But then it, it got better. Yeah, I, uh, I first listened to it via files on my iPad at a coffee shop, you know, my morning routine. And I, I kind of thought, I'm waiting for it to rock. I'm, I'm waiting for some noise. I'm waiting for something. The songs did sound pretty similar. Uh, they're all kind of acoustic-based. Uh, Tweety is now singing in kind of that murmur. Yeah. I would say that he's been doing like on his solo records, like Warm and Warmer. Um, but I wasn't able to get the vinyl right away because there's been record industry's got some distribution issues. Really? Oh, yes, which I could go into and I may do someday. Uh, so I didn't get the vinyl till a week later. And so, so I got it last Friday. And Saturday afternoon, I played the vinyl, played it loud. Um, and Wilco Records are always mastered very well for vinyl because that's that is their crowd right the people that went back to vinyl and uh, it sounds a lot better sounds a lot better i like the songs a lot more um i read articles where the percussion the drummer uh glenn Kotchke is that how you say his name um he had a lot to do with this album and when you listen to it on vinyl you do see it he's doing some interesting things with um various different kinds of drums yeah so i like it a lot more let's give me a couple more listens yeah Good brainwashing I mean, always takes at least five times that's true that's true i've uh i've only listened to it in my car driving down the interstate so the odds of me not really hearing much of it are pretty high sure you know i may be missing nuances that are there that uh, i may pick up on later listening so maybe i'll just come over to your place no, I mean, you live close enough. That's true. You could bike here. Well, you bike anywhere. <laughs> every, every, everybody has moved to our neighborhood, by the way. A uh, noted, uh, the finest investigative reporter working today in South Dakota media moved into our neighborhood as well. So we could just really? all get together. It's true. It's true. It's wow. all just, a, a, we can just stumble home from each other's houses. It's perfect. Um, what was I going to tell you? Oh, but I, I want to talk to you about that. But uh, you're here uh, because we're reviving the uh, people who should get out of town. And yes. Uh, yay! The crowd goes wild. Full disclaimer, uh, and this is uh, bad on me, um, I have no idea what you're going to say. Uh, no, that's so, the way it should be. No! That's a bad, anyway. No, no. The crow never knew what I was going to say. 
and there was only one time that they got a complaint and, and it was deserved. Yeah. Well, that's not bad. And we won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Scott, uh, people who should get out of town, of course, a little background, launched uh, by Tempest way back in the day. Uh, I, I tell people this, I don't know if it's widely known. Basically, we ripped it off from the Twin Cities Reader. They did it once. We did it 10 times. Um, so, but, and I think perfected the art form of people who should get out of town. I, I like to think I did. Yeah. So uh, you uh, will pick some one person. There's going to be one person, right? It's well, it's actually, in this case, it's not a person. Okay. Uh, good. <laughs> should I go? Yeah, go ahead. Fire away. Okay. Well, in preparing this, I, I admittedly kind of confused myself because I know the target I'm going after, but do I go after the seller or the buyer? And have either of them actually ever set foot in Sioux Falls is the other question. Ooh. I'm talking about the recently approved sale of KDLT by Red River Broadcasting to Gray Television, the owner of KSFI. This purchase means that one company owns two of the area's three local broadcast channels that supposedly offers local news. Yep. So Gray can, yeah. Gray can huff and puff all they want about how consolidation means little to the viewers. We'll never know the difference. And both channels will operate independently. Hogwash. Hogwash. <laughs> Nothing good ever comes from media consolidation, and that's been the case since the telecom bill of 1996. Just look at radio. It's a crime that the vast majority of local commercial radio stations are housed in two buildings. Or that throughout the entire country, a handful of companies control the entire airwaves. The passage of that bill was the moment radio stopped being influential. That was the moment where radio stopped being innovative. Now the playlists of all formats have continued to shrink. And every song you do here is decided not by a local expert with great ears, but by a marketing genius in a corporate office thousands of miles away. Let's face it, the most innovative thing done in local radio in the past 10 years was giving you a show, and look what happened with that. <laughs> the short-lived, semi-beloved uh, radio program. But that wasn't yeah. their fault. Yeah, uh, that's true. Consolidation, gotta... okay. consolidation has hurt all forms of entertainment, including but not limited to film, music, literature, magazines. In fact, I have the controversial viewpoint that radio and record company mergers have done at least as much, if not more, to kill music sales than the usual finger pointing towards illegal downloads. Now, television is the one industry that overall has been able to thrive despite consolidation. But that's primarily due to the increase in channels, the, the thirst for materials to fill thousands of channels and streaming and all that. But look, nobody takes local news seriously anymore. If you still watch local TV news, it's because you grew up watching. Just like the vast majority of those that read the local daily eight-page newsletter do so because they traditionally start their day with a thick newspaper. Outside of knowing what to wear when you wake up the next day thanks to their over-repeated weather forecasts, you gain almost no knowledge of what's happening in the city on any of these three local channels. I guess technically I'm saying good riddance to Red River and get the hell out of your great television. 
Now, can I go back to my Chinese drama series about concubines during the Qing dynasty, please? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. How many people did I piss off there? Nobody here. Oh, good. I have some friends. I have I have some friends in broadcasting, but, but as as uh, as I used to call them, my friends in the broadcast arts. Um, I you know you're. It's an odd thing because most of them get it. Yeah, most, most of them understand. They it's do. Just, they hate it's, it. It's just really sad. I mean, we. You know, I know they're going to say that they're going to keep them separate and they're going to do this, do that. Um, no, I mean we know that. Budget's going to be cut. That's the first thing that happens at a consolidation. Newsroom yeah. budgets are going to be cut. There's going to – you already see these poor KDLT little anchors running around having to do their own camera work. Yeah. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, the other thing that's pretty telling in that merger is they're going to keep both signals both separate, but they have the same news director. Who am I right. like? Kevin right. King, it's wise, is a good news director. They've won Emmys. They've won a lot of Emmys there, regional Emmys, and our friends at the larger audience uh, broadcaster have not, except for their nonprofit series one year. So um, it's uh, you know there there's some good people over there, but you're right, they're going to have fewer resources. Yeah, Kevin, no, there, are, there are good people at all three channels, and I, and some of them I've managed to stay friends with over the years. <laughs> But this is the horse I've been beating for a long time. (laughs) I haven't managed to stay friends with anybody at Kello, as it turns out. Oh, those people hate me, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you should be happy today. What's that? You should be happy today. You're picking on the other two. Yeah, yeah. There was a camera guy, though, at Kello that was working there throughout the Tempest days that even though nobody else from Kello would look at me, he would kind of say to me, when no one's around, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that always made my day. Yeah, well, Scott Hudson returning with the uh, people or things or entities that you get out of town on the Patrick Lally Show. Uh, Scott, uh, thanks a lot for being here. I really appreciate it. And, you know, we'll probably have you back. Well, I hope so. I, I, I'm kind of getting in the mood to, to do this again. So uh, you've inspired me. Well, that's awesome. I'll, we're going to see how this sounds, and then uh, maybe we'll have to upgrade our equipment, but we'll figure it out. But, uh, you know, good content survives no matter what, right? True. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Scott Hudson, coming up in a moment, uh, we're going to have a, a, a segment that I like to call Argue With Me, where I, where I uh, will ask people to pose a uh, question or an, a, a, a premise, a position, uh, that is, I mean, first of all, it has to be well thought out. It can't be gum is good, you know, and then I got to argue that gum is bad. But I will take the, the opposing if, or, you know, a more nuanced position at times, if not a direct opposition, and we will, we'll discuss it. We'll see how that goes. Speaking of clusters. Yeah. <laughs> are you, uh, are you going to sign off? Is that how this is going to work? Yeah, I got to make some dinner, actually. All right. Well, thank you very much, Scott. Thanks, guys. And we will be right back.
we're back on the Patrick Lally Show here at the Full Circle Book Co-op in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls, where the fine people here allow us to pa- tape this podcast, and we appreciate that. Uh, we just uh, got done listening to Scott Hudson, and uh, now uh, it's time for uh, my... Uh, we're going to try this out. I've want- I wanted to do this back in the uh, uh, semi-beloved, uh, short-lived radio show where people would just call up and argue with me. You know, that's, I, they could take any position. I will take the other side. Now, I didn't invent this. You know, it's, it's debate. But, Prove me wrong. But, yeah, yeah exactly. So, it, but uh, uh, it's a Democratic debate tonight. So we're not having uh, the uh, city council here at the big show, although apparently we could have. But that's fine. I was thinking there might be somewhere. But, but our regular studio audience is here, and so we're going we're gonna to play Argue With Me. Yay! <laughs> so uh, you don't have to participate, but those of you who want to, Certainly can. All you have to do is raise your hand, you know, introduce yourself, and then make your premise. Now, for the audience out there, the, the rules are, you, it has to be an actual position. It can't be, it can't be just specious or completely uh, nonsensical. I'm not going to play that game, all right? I am going to play the, we can have thoughtful conversations about anything if, you know, and I will just play the contrarian. Okay. All right. Oh, we have, well, we have a taker right away. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, let me get you over here. Ma'am, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, I got you. You're in the back of the room, ma'am. There you go. Oh, there, there we go. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, uh, young lady, what is your name? Diane Poliak. Diane Poliak. Thank you. Now, you are a regular attendee here at, uh, at the Patrick Lally Show and uh, City Council Bingo. Yes. So I have some idea of, of your thoughts, but, you know, we're not, you're, you could surprise me, right? Okay. So your position that you want me to take the opposite side of or to discuss with you, uh, poke holes in, or otherwise uh, crush like a, 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 a rotten grape, <laughs> is what? I believe any time the city issues bond, bonds for a bond project, it should have a super majority of voters in an election. So every bond election issue goes to the voters, and it isn't a simple majority that passes or fails. It's a supermajority. Uh, and by supermajority, 60%, sometimes... I'm thinking, six, I can't decide if it's two-thirds or three-quarters. Yeah, well, and sometimes it's just 60, you know, yeah. like the threshold... Okay. I would be comfortable with 60. Something other than 50. Right. And for a while... Uh, our school bonds were that way, right. correct? And so we didn't build any schools for 10 years. Right. You remember that part? Okay. okay. Um, that was before we moved back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a, that is a fine. And you're saying that they all must go to a vote of the people or just the body approving them? So if it's a Sioux Falls City Council, for instance. Also, by the way, I love that this is a local question mm-hmm. and not, you know, something about Joe Biden's son. Yeah. Who the well, I can argue about that too. Um, uh, so, yeah, or would you say because there is this issue coming up that may or may not be on the city ballot—the the three things, whatever—to um, make it so that bond issues must re- get um, a supermajority of the council, right? So, are you okay with? Would it be just a council, the approving entity, or would they all have to go to a public vote? Public vote. That's strong stuff, Diane. It is. Okay. First of all, I'll say this. 
I like a couple things about it. One, uh, the accountability, obviously. The consensus there that people can't say I told you so, right? If everybody goes along with it and it goes bad, you only have yourself to blame, right? Here's what I don't like about it. There's no way anything's ever going to happen, right? So to, sometimes the best things only, you know, sometimes the best ideas can barely get a majority, correct? So I don't think that, that a good idea, because it, has, because it requires funding from a bond issue, needs to have a higher degree of approval than something that doesn't need a bond issue. Say, I can pay for it out of the CIP. That's not a bond, right? Okay. So I could put all my money into uh, CIP for things that wouldn't get 60. I would bond everything that's really, really popular, like, um, you know, streets. <laughs> there was an eye roll there. Yeah, uh, streets. <laughs> And then I would be able to just put the stuff that I think is more difficult. I could parse it out over five years. I slide it through the CIP. It doesn't need any, none of your damn supermajority. So what I think it does is it sets us up for a, a kind of uh, uh, shadow, two, a two-path funding system where you just put stuff, you decide how to fund it based on its popularity. And I think that that's a wrong thing. Or... Mm -hmm. or, or our elected officials become accountable to the people who elect them and hold conversations. If you, this is a big shiny new thing we need, my counselor's responsibility to me is to sell it to me and say why I need it. And this is how it is needed. And this is why it is needed. And you don't think that happens now? No. Well, you're here for city. I mean, there's all kinds of conversation. So let's pick something, okay? Um, you pick you pick a, a project, whether it's, we could do the, the, the big uh, parking ramp that's right down the street from us. We could do uh, the indoor pool. Um, we could do, okay. which one? Pick a project that you think would, would fit this uh, scenario. Can I go back to the event center? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So you think that it should have required a two-third, because again, the vote for the event center was non-binding. It was a farce. Mm -hmm. Right. It was just something to say we covered our tail. Yeah. 24% of 40% voting. Yeah. Right. But it, I can't remember what the number was, but it wasn't two thirds. It was mm -hmm. not even 60%. It wasn't it was even. 50 something. Yeah, it was barely half. It was, it was a good number if you were just, it was a decent number <laughs> if you're running for office. Yeah, right. But it wasn't like a, a wildly uh, successful campaign, mm -hmm. unless, you're, unless you're Mike Huther. <laughs> Then you, then, then you believe it was the greatest thing ever. Right. And by now, if you ask Mike Huther what the vote was, it was like 85%. It was like a school board election, right? Um, so, I, well, which is an interesting point because apparently the school district can get 90% of the vote to build schools now. Uh, right? If you run the election right, you can get whatever you, you want. Right. <laughs> no. Okay, so the event center uh -huh. would have required a two-thirds or some super majority, mm -hmm. beyond 50%. Right. And then we would never, ever get a new event center. Now, because never, it just would ever? never, ever. There's no way. Hmm. It would not happen. We don't know that, do we? we? We couldn't do it for 40 years or whatever it was. We had a vote back in the 80s to, to do an event center and performing arts center. <laughs> Down the crapper. Because they can't, they could never get that, uh, the, well, you can't because you can't. You can't convince people that they really need it and should have it. No, is it what is you're quality of life stuff like that that is. So this is something people 
don't know that they need to have. Well, but they should. Fifty per fifty one fifty percent plus one believe they should have it. What is the difference between if you're building something with a bond, a physical structure? Why is it different? Uh, than any other issue, say I, any policy issue that might be put in front of the people. A bond concerns me because it's like we're um, how how bonds are issued. You know, oh, you can buy our bonds. You know, yeah. like, give us yeah. money, we pay you back later. Yep, kind of thing. And then things happen like, oh, we get money from the bonds and we should invest them in bonds. But oh, here's another project to just divert that money to use. Yeah, and that, I don't think you should be able to do that. Yeah, that's what bothers me. But I don't think that you should require fifty or you know sixty to seventy percent just to approve the funding of a project. Hmm. I, I, I don't. I think. That. I think. Well, and that's why we're here. But I think <laughs> that you would end up with a stagnant uh, uh, city. Or, or you would have people very passionate about making it happen and convincing, have, sitting down and having these conversations and convincing me that, yeah, this is vital. Because you know what? If it's important to me, I'm going to tell this guy. I'm going to tell that guy. I'm going to go around. If it's going to be yeah. important, I'm going to make it important, my neighborhood important. But you know how it is. There are people who are going to say no to everything, right? So okay. we, know, we know that... How many, you know, 38% of the people are going to say no to everything. Right. Right? Right. So right there, you almost can't get it. Uh, they may not be voting, though. Oh, no, those <laughs> are the people that vote, Diane. <laughs> I've entered that demographic. <laughs> yeah, you had your age thing, and I'm no to everything. But, well, that's yeah. a good one. That, okay, that was a that was a very nuanced discussion. I like that. There was no Nuanced. Uh, nuanced. Yeah, nuanced. You didn't think it was nuanced, uh, producer? Nuanced, I don't know. What? Yeah, oh my God! Was it was it a nuanced conversation, Diane? You know what? Um, or was it just? Well, let's take a super majority. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see if we can get a super majority in support of your position. That's what we should do. You ever? There's a uh, program um, that's produced out of DC. I can't remember um, what it's called now, but they have like modern debates where they have. And then everybody, you vote on what your position is beforehand, oh, yeah. and then you uh, vote after. Uh, and, the, and the winners are whoever moved the dial towards them. Nice. It's really cool. Nice. It's a good show. And they're very smart people, so right. it's better than this show. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, I think I was insulted. <laughs> <laughs> never. Wow. Never. I never would insult an audience member. So good question. Anybody else have a, uh, a, a point that they would like to make here in the audience? No? Really? Oh, okay. Wait a minute, sir. Let me get over to you. We have a hand over in the other side of the room in the, the, the auditorium. There we go. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, sir, sir, what is your name? My name is Charles. Charles, and uh, what is your point assertion uh, position that you are taking this evening? That in the state of South Dakota, we are so deeply red, we would not vote for a Democratic president, even if they're South Dakotan. So something like a CNN... Democratic debate with 12 Democrats on the screen does not matter in the long run to South Dakotans because we're going to vote for whoever the Republican mm. candidate is regardless. That's a good one. That's a hard one. Um, obviously, historic, uh, historic uh, uh, trends are on your side, historic yep. voter pa voting patterns. And I would say that, that um, I, I don't believe that's true. And okay. first of all, I'm a couple things for the record. I'm an independent. I am, I am registered non-affiliate 
affiliated, affiliated uh, which I think most people should be. I think, I think political parties are uh, an abomination. I'll go back to the founders on that one. Um, they are merely, uh, at this point, they have become uh, the, the, the worst nightmare of the founders, which is uh, 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 coalitions, uh, the splinters, uh, only for uh, the peddling of influence and money. All right, and we see it over and over again, the scourge of the political party. Um, now, uh, factionalism, right? Only we have factionalism in the, in the extreme, which is didactic factionalism, maybe? Is that the right, not didactic? <laughs> Binary fa factionalism, where we have only two, it's black, white, it is one, it's zero. Yep. It, is, it, is a, it is a non-analog version of politics that I do not enjoy, getting that out there. Um, so what I would say in that uh, realm is that the why I believe that we here's here's the, the premise here's the question the core is the question are you saying that the state of South Dakota would never vote for a Democrat for president or are you saying that nobody that they'll only vote for Republicans? Uh, neither actually because South Dakota has voted Democrat three times one was FDR. So back I think that was the yeah, uh, last time was uh, 1964. I yeah, forgot who was running. LBJ. But 1964, we're talking 55 years ago since the last time we did. So I admit there is a chance we might vote for one. Yeah. But I'm in my wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We I, I don't mean to interrupt, but folks, we're, we're almost done here. You can listen to the debate. Maybe maybe they want to listen to this podcast well, the debate, first. The debate we have about 60 seconds. Oh, okay, cool. Um, continuing on. Uh, we have voted for a Democrat yeah. three times, um, but overwhelmingly, and since 1964, it's been Republicans. Yeah. Even George McGovern, which McGovern. bless his heart, which South Dakotan, which lost to Nixon. Yeah, um, and that turned out pretty well. Uh, <laughs> so, I would say that I do believe that a Democrat can win because two things: per, uh, personalities have become so big in South. Dakota. Yes, in South Dakota. I didn't. I, I got it. Um, the uh, in South Dakota, I think that a Democrat could win. I believe that uh, a non-Republican could win because I do believe that we are about to see a reshuffling of uh, the philosophical segmentation of American politics. Right? You see the you see these swinging back and forth on a regular basis of the pendulum. But I think that the, the, the divisions within the parties have gotten so great that there's going to have to be a different coalition built. Maybe not this, not this cycle, maybe not the next cycle, but I think that ultimately the parties have become, you know, corruption's a bad word, but they become com so completely tainted and jaded and, and, and vile that um, ultimately the reshuffling of the deck will mean a new, uh, 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 coalition that is necessary to build a political successful campaign. And I think that ultimately what you're going to see is these uh, Trump's horrible, horrible policies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Trump's horrible policies on agriculture, which I don't care who you are. I mean, when I, when I listen to, and I listened to one today, again, a, a, a grain farmer trying to defend Trump is like, you know, what's a, I'm trying to think of a great analogy. Everyone I come up with has Hitler in it, so I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> But uh, maybe I'll just insert Stalin here. But uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think that long term they can survive. Now, uh, the much ballyhooed uh, New Deal with China is going to fall apart. It's not even a deal. 
it's, yeah. it's a fake deal. It's not going to happen. Soybean prices are not coming back. We don't have markets. It's going to depress the economy, and it's going to be very, very bad for South Dakota. And in the end, the person who's going to pay the price for that is Donald Trump, and he is the head of the Republican Party. And it's going to be the Republicans' fault that they let this happen. That's And that they are going to pay the price for that, for letting Donald Trump take over their party. Because Republicans would never have let this happen to agriculture. And it's going to be devastating for the state of South Dakota. So I believe that ultimately it is the Trump agriculture policies that will end the Republican stranglehold on the presidential process in the state of South Dakota. Whoa. And with that, the Demo- like as if on cue the Democratic debate begins and people are filtering in, they miss the action. Okay, good. So uh, thank you for being... Turn it down, sir. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll be here next Tuesday, Patrick Lally Show. Thanks, everybody. To have the show. Everyone is falling to the ground. But I won't run away. Taking just the things you know and love from yesterday. Taking back the things that they, they think you know. Cause I don't have no more for him. No, I don't have no more for him. Taking back. Down to the ground Cause I don't have no more for him No, I don't have no more for him
held back from the place I know Holding on to the place I love Falling down from the weight I know Walking up about common ground Just take back all the things I know Songs like that that I should have sung Just like that